ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the next episode of Final Glabajooia. Knick-knack, the patty's back. All the way from 1966. And on today's episode of Vinyl Stallions, we are wrapping up the debut album series with the first double-disker debut album in the history of debut albums. And we are talking Freak Out by the Mothers of Invention. Mothers of Invention, the legendary band that Frank Zappa headed. And he wasn't a founding member of it. He actually um, took over guitar when there was a fight between two previous members, Ray Collins and David Coronado. Um, Yeah, Frank Zappa is pretty much the only person that anyone knows from the Mothers of Invention. But yeah, first Double Disker debut album in the history of music. Could not think of something more fitting for Vinyl Stallions. I mean, just think of the year 1966. I repeat, 1966. Like, it is hard to grasp that. I Like, I don't know, Clep. I was not really, I guess, exposed to Frank Zappa that much until you started adding Zappa tunes to the Stampede Shuffle, which you can find on Spotify right now. And you kept adding Zappa tunes. They are out of control crazy nothing i've ever heard of and then mothers of invention would come on and i would just see that album with that guy getting scratched by the squirrel i don't really know the name off the top of my head it has weasel weasels ripped my flesh i believe is the name of the album but i know exactly what you're talking about the yellow it's yellow yeah, of course it's named that. Yeah, no, so it's a <laughs> weasel ripping off a face of man, and I was just like, "Holy shit, this is nuts!" And like, I guess it took me a while to put two and two together that it was just all Zappa at the end of the day. And my buddy <laughs> B Mac, who we've had on here before reviewing a Gorillaz album, uh, we laugh about it all the time when we listen to it, and we're just like, "Holy shit!" and he sat uh, through this one with me, and we had just a fucking ball listening to the first ever, as Club said, double disc here. But before we dive into this, I just want to introduce the brand new studio cat, Mr. Clarence, named after, yes, Clarence Clemens from the E Street Band, the big man. The studio cat's going to be kicking it with us. I don't know what he's going to do over the next episodes to come. Welcome, Clarence, to the show. You might light your fire or sing by your fire. He'll do everything. Or jump a little lighter. (laughs) Oh, Rosalita. (laughs) But yes, I'm excited to dive into this because... What an interesting concept. Like, I mean, Frank Zappa is 
there's no one else like him. There's no one else like this kind of music. And I don't know, Clark, how'd you get exposed to Zappa and then Mother's Invention? Or did, was it backwards? Did you find Mother's of Invention first? Um, I Well, no, I guess I, I found Zappa first. And I mean, I was exposed to Zappa recently, too. I've always had a Zappa album just because my dad did. And it was Joe's Garage um act one um and yeah like probably like a couple years ago my dad played the first side of it for me um honestly like right before he gave it to me and there were like some pretty like nutty songs on it and yeah like i enjoyed it and like probably somewhere around a year ago, Spotify just like would not relent, like just made it abundantly clear that Spotify thinks I will like this artist and just was like recommending Zappa albums like all the time. And there was one time where like, you know how, if you're listening to an album or a song or whatever, and it finishes Spotify will just automatically start playing stuff it thinks you would like oh yeah so it played saint alfonso's pancake breakfast off the album apostrophe once and i was like yep we are going to listen to this full album (laughs) then from there just listen to more albums and i don't know this one was probably so yeah, Apostrophe was the first one I listened to start to finish. And then after that, it might have been Weasel's Rip My Flesh. And so this was, I think, either like the third or fourth Zappa album that I dove into. Um, just because I was like, it's the first one, like have to, right? Yeah, dude. This is an interesting, like, just concept of an album. It's crazy, as you already described, how it started. And, yeah, wow. Yeah. Yeah, and it, I mean, it, it was kind of crazy how all of it transpired. So the Mothers started out as the Soul Giants. And, yeah, they were a five-piece band. And then they brought in Zappa because like I said earlier, Ray Collins and David Coronado got into a fight. Um, and then Zappa was like, sure, I'll join, but we're not playing any of the stuff that material. you wrote. We're going to play my songs if you want me. And they're just like, sure. <laughs> and honestly, what a smart move by the then soul giants, because that, uh, was probably their big taste and they probably wouldn't have gotten that big taste otherwise. Dude, 100%. And I'm just reading a fun fact that Zappa found out that when the material was recorded, uh, Tom Wilson, who was the producer of this album, was on LSD at the time. And <laughs> Zappa recalled sitting in the control room list and he, he's like, 
how could Wilson listen to all that weird shit coming out of the speakers and being responsible for telling the engineer what to do and what not to do while on acid? <laughs> Zappa, who was not. And yeah, from there, dude, I, yeah, should, should we just dive in, Club? I mean, this thing is wacky as hell. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, we'll we'll just run through the lineup really quick. So Zappa on guitar, singing, and like the maestro, arranger, conductor, genius, like whatever you want to call him, songwriter. Um, Jimmy Carl Black on the drums. Ray Collins also did some singing, some percussion tambourine there's like all the auxiliary sounds roy estrada on bass and elliot ingber on the other guitar yeah dude this thing is i mean just reading more about it is it really has just like a major cult following it's very much like underground like like people like at the time were even convinced that the song was drug inspired and like slang for a bad LSD trip and like <laughs> like people I can definitely see how people <laughs> could conclude that. Hey, at the end of the day, it was honored at the Grammy Hall of Fame in '99, and uh, it did. I mean, it, it it made the Billboard charts, and I don't know. It's it's absolutely wild. Yeah, well, and so are I the mean, titles. Yeah. Another thing that's crazy to me too is so like this album gets a ton of attention and gets talked about a lot, but really like at least out of everything that I've listened to in the Zappa catalog, which I still have much to go, like it's probably in the bottom half for me. Like there's actually like a lot of better Zappa albums out there. And so it's like interesting to me that this one gets a lot of attention and praise because I'm like, well, if if you like this, there's like a whole nother world out there where like this sort of like concept just gets like injected with the craziest Zappa steroids. <laughs> and before we dive in, I think we have to give a shout out for someone who picked this album, correct, Club? Yes. Yeah. Patrick Dillinger, Ice Cream Militia. Yeah. When we started the debut album series, we put out some feelers for some recommendations. And this was one of Patrick's recommendations. So thank you, Patrick. Shout out to Patrick. Shout out to the Ice Cream Militia from Toledo, Ohio. Check them out. New music to come from that band. <laughs> yep. Formal Vinyl Stallions guest. First am... ever Vinyl Stallions guest. Yeah, and, true. Uh, yeah, no. Well, I think we'll be having one of their members on relatively soon. Yeah. I'm trying to look up the episode number. 13. And it's that... a lucky 13. I don't care what anyone says. Oh, Omar V. Scale says he is. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Take it away, Club. So, track one, we got Hungry Freaks, Daddy. And, yeah, I mean, one, what a song title. 
but yeah it's a it's a great way to start the album kind of just has like that typical 60s rock vibes um zappa rips off a couple gnarly solos in the middle and end of the song which that's always great to hear um but yeah i mean overall just like a very solid opening song that kind of sets the vibe for really like the first half ish of the album yeah i mean that's what i pick up from these songs is like sure it's like it sounds wacky and there's a lot of stuff going on but i mean it's wild the musicianship and the drums in this song took it away from for me like Zappa does rip, but like the drums just follow it up right away. And uh yeah, it does really set the tone. I, I can't believe it's only three and a half minutes or so. Like I felt like I was seven minutes in the goo pit to start this album. Yeah. And I guess, yeah, that is like one thing about like Zappa songs is there like the parts where there are lyrics are pretty short, so you do get a lot of like music and then it yeah like you said you you look down and you're like what that was only three minutes and it's because like there was only like 30 seconds of singing total yeah and i mean just to dive in more this was cited as one of rock's first concept albums and Mm -hmm. yeah it's a larger purpose or meaning collectively that i don't know it's it's a very interesting theme as you continue down it and obviously the <laughs> titles just speak for themselves i mean let's continue down it's to number two where it's i ain't got no heart two minutes <laughs> 35 seconds yeah like just another one with like that 60s rock feel to it a little bit more like trippy or spacey though um and it like also really hear the xylophone cutting through in the mix which is really interesting just the use of that instrument in general i feel like it's it's not many bands that use it so very cool to hear dude if you don't make it a minute to 220 you fucked up now listening to this all the way through, man. It sounds like just a big orchestra, and he's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And there, there is a big orchestra. So, like, when I was listening, listing off the members, um, for the sake of not listing off a 20-person list, I just listed the members of the Mothers of Invention. But there is a... One, two, three, four, five, six. Um, six string orchestra. One, two, three. Five horns. Yeah. Okay. So six, uh, six piece orchestra, five horns, and then a uh, clarinet slash sax player. So one woodwind. Clap. Although that. Uh... You you have to go as the count for Halloween this year after that. 
<laughs> How How many horns do we need? More. <laughs> oh, Clarence, play us out. <laughs> But sorry. A lot of horns, a lot of people involved in this. Definitely. And yeah, I mean, that's like the genius of Zappa. I mean, he has albums where like there, there's no singing and he's like basically just conducting an orchestra for two sides of music or four sides of music. That's a side quest for another day, though. We're going to go to a side quest, just simply a number three, which is who are the brain police? And man, this, this, this one stood out to me <laughs> more than others. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's very experimental. There's a lot of ambient or extra noises that are sprinkled throughout the song and the ending is just really chaotic and crazy dude it has like a waltz beat in it it's like like i don't even know how to describe it it's weird creepy-ish <laughs> yeah yeah creepy like spooky haunting Like you could definitely see it being used in like a scary movie, especially at, in that time. Yeah, I really like this one. And it was uh, released by Verve Records as a single in 1966. Do we have any more singles on this bad boy? Um, We do. How could we miss the singles clip? Yeah. Clamp, clamp. How oh, could we miss the singles? <laughs> I guess too. <laughs> the the way they released them is like I guess very different. I mean, I guess it's standard for like that time, but they would release two singles like congruently or concurrently. I guess the same thing, but um. Yeah, so like A-side, B-side, kind of what was standard back then. Um, yeah, who are the brain police? So I guess we'll we'll say what the other side, that, that was a B-side of a single. So we'll, we'll get to what the A-side was when we get to that song. Um, and I guess, too, I Ain't Got No Heart, that was a B-side to a single that was released in Japan only in 1968. Wowzers, wowzers, wowzers. Yeah. So then we will move on into Go Cry on Someone Else's Shoulder, track four. And it is the longest track on the A side. Um, kind of feel like it's a parody love song in a way, because musically it sounds like a classic, just 60s love song. 
but then if you listen to the lyrics it's anything but that like the guy's just talking about like it's it's clearly from a guy's perspective and it's just talking about how like awful his I don't know if it's an ex-girlfriend or somebody that he was just interested in or what um, is not treating him right. And so, yeah, go cry on someone else's shoulder. I mean, yeah, the, I mean, Zappos even says himself that it's a satirical expression of his perception of Americans pop or America's pop culture at the time. And, even says the freak scene of LA and yeah, you can clearly hear it in here. I mean, it's just like a bluesy, like you said, a love song and it's just a bunch of mocking like voices and the lyrics speak for themselves there as well. But I don't know. This is a get down. So I, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's super catchy. And like, yeah, it's just funny because, I mean, like we just said, he's like making fun of it, but like, damn it, Zappa, I'm in. Yep. You've done it again, Zap. Dude, I'm telling you, B Mac and I always just uh, like joke around. Like, anytime someone says, like, I, like I, again, I shuffle the Stampede Shuffle, which you can find on Spotify now, and they'll just be like, who is this? And I will say, like no matter what, be back and I'll just say Zappa. Like it, it could be the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I'll just be like Zappa, baby. It could be Dave Matthews. Dave Matthews, go check that band out. Dave Matthews band, yeah. Uh, and then we'll tell him it's Zappa. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> it is, but yeah, Zappa's even freaking wilder, man. I love it. But we'll go right into number five, which is Motherly Love. Two minutes and fifty seconds. We have our first uh, complete single. So Motherly Love is the A-side. I Ain't Got No Heart is the B-side of the third single release off this album. And this was the one that was released in Japan only in 1968. Dude, why is that a thing? Like, why would it just, like only like why why does japan just get like their own releases like i just mentioned the chili peppers they did that with like i think it was like nerve flip or something it was something off their last album where it was only yeah it's like a bonus single that you could only get on a japanese version like album these record (laughs) companies like do they just make a deal where they're just like and then we'll give one extra one to you japan i guess so And and then everyone else just gets it but like I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Well, I guess it mattered more like back in the day. Well, the, the Red Hot Chili Peppers just did it on a 2023 album. Yeah, I, I know. But like, we could still listen to it. But I guess you're right. It doesn't come on our vinyls when you buy it and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, like, yeah. Digitally, <laughs> you can you can get it all. You can get all versions of it. Somebody will upload it to YouTube. I mean, it's on like Spotify and stuff right now, but I mean, you just got to get a pen pal in Japan and uh, tell them, hey, I'm going to put in your address. I'll send you, send you a couple bones and you ship that over to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The I mean, the song is interesting. It's just like, it just takes like a common phrase, like brotherly love. And then it's just like, 
just like taking it and doing a play on words with motherly motherly love and then also kind of like with the song explaining how motherly love is better than brotherly love it kind of is like a surfing vibe as well which i like definitely yeah i feel like a lot like just the way he has the guitar sounding just gives a lot of songs like that sort of undertone yeah that 60s guitar man like you, you hear it at the end of the song for sure mm-hmm. all right well let's go to the last song here on side a which is how could i be such a fool yep and that was the a side of the first single release um so that's cool interesting but, yeah yeah, Dude, that's, that's crazy that that had to be done that way. It is. Just because they're like, why would we waste space on the back? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thought. It's like, all right, so we have this single and there's a blank side. Why don't we put two? Like, we have a 15-song album, so I totally get it. <laughs> but yeah, no, this is a, I don't know, very... uh I'm trying to think like like what is that horn in the back? I uh, is a trumpet just like slowly going. I feel like I'm on like a boat in Venice and someone's just playing me out. So the yeah, the horn section consists of two French horns, two trumpets, and a trombone. French horn. Ooh. So so it could be any of those. I think I'm gonna move over to French horn for this one. Right on. But yeah, I don't know. It was definitely another kind of like sway vibe, and uh, yeah, very different. I mean, it's a very different side. And again, that's two minutes fifteen seconds, and you just get a switch up of six different songs on one side. Yep, and kind of spooky. I kind of get like a little bit of a marching band vibe from it too. Yeah, no, hundred percent. It's it delivered a lot here on side A, but let's walk over and make sure to clean off your needle, clean off your discs, flip that shit over, and we're headed over to side B. Wowie zowie! And yeah, this song just kind of has like a anthem feel to it. Um, yeah, there's the xylophone that I mentioned earlier. Really, really cuts through the mix here. <laughs> it's crazy, like man. <laughs> crazy solo, yeah. Um, it starts off like right away, just like yeah, yeah. And then yeah, also fuck. whether they meant to or not, I'm guessing they probably meant to. At the very end of the song, you can hear it's like a motif, like. You know the song Sherry, Sherry, babe. Or have I might be singing it a little wrong, but you know the song I'm talking about, right? Come oh, stay oh, with yeah. me tonight. Like they're like they're singing like exactly in that cadence and like those exact notes at the very end of the song for like maybe 30 seconds. So 
I don't actually know when that song was released. So that's why I'm like, I'm not sure if it was intentional or not. If the song had already been released, there's no way it wasn't intentional. <laughs> but <laughs> maybe, maybe that's how that song like s- s- was written. Like some like one of those dudes is listening to a Zappa album and was like, guys, I've got it. <laughs> what if we just take the end of this Zappa song and just sing the name sherry to this cadence have to know now yeah i'm looking it up i think uh it was a single released by the four seasons in august of 1962 so it was out so zappa definitely knew what he was doing yeah it's pretty spot on (laughs) i just gave it another listen but yeah, that's that's great. Again, it's a satirical just take on everything that's happened in, in the 60s. Zappa's not about it. Or was he? I mean, I don't know, man. You're getting me hooked on Zappa on things I don't like, but I like it because Zappa made it. <laughs> Fucking Zappa. You, you love it. You love it. But we'll head right down to number eight. You didn't try to call me. And this one, I didn't really like pick out anything specific on my notes i just put solid solid song everything clicks yeah it has just a lot of horns again like you really hear just i like those trumpets just cutting through pretty clearly has a cool like stop slow down right after the two minute mark um i don't know this is a really just solid song as well i I think it's perfectly placed as well on that B side. Yeah. Mm, hold on. Single check. Let me see if this was one of the singles. Nope. All right. So we will move on to Any Way the Wind Blows. Which, yeah, I mean, this has definitely got to be one of the catchier songs on the album. Very groovy. Yeah, this is pretty, I don't know, to me, that's sort of like a 60 song. Um, I don't know, just had that just swing that feel straight from the beginning. Uh, it's definitely one of the more popular ones as well, just on this album, speaking of numbers on Spotify that I have in front of me. But uh yeah no this is just a bop it's a bop yeah yeah i mean i mean that's a good way to say it It, i mean there's not anything too crazy on it like relative to the other songs and i know i mean i guess that's like what what makes it crazy is zappa sticks with like one thing all the way through it's a pretty standard song which does not come when you're listening to the music from that guy's mind yeah Damn you, Zappa. You impress me always. All right. And so then we go into I'm Not Satisfied. Track 10. And yeah, lots lots of horns, lots of harmonies in this song. Yeah, it is. It starts off with that guitar that's like, I don't know. I appreciate guitarists when they're able to like just strum an open chord and that and stuff in between. And 
I don't know. I feel like I hear it pretty clearly there with Zappa and yeah, a lot of horns as you continue through that song as well. I wonder how many albums that guy has like completely. Oh, if if you count the mothers, yeah, like was he uh, in other projects as well? I I think it's just the mothers and Zappa. But let's see. Yeah, because I mean, once he started his solo stuff, he was pretty in love with it. Sixty-two albums were released during his lifetime. Hold on, hold on. And he's like died at (laughs) fifty-two. I saw. Yeah, he died. He died young, sometime in the nineties, I believe. The Zappa Family Trust has released sixty-four posthumous albums so his discography since he's been dead is bigger than the discography from when he was alive that's crazy time out is that the biggest you've ever heard like the van morrison isn't there he he's in the 40s yeah that doesn't mean that like zappa has the most material but like Unlike Prince's family, like Zappa's family went right to the vault and was just like, all right, what do we got? <laughs> and just handed it all to the record label. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, though, I'm going to get like, I don't know. I like obviously to each its own, wherever you are at with your family and the people you entrust your stuff to. But like I there's times where I'm just like walking down the street and I'm just like, Man, if I just got taken out right now, like I hope the homies and I hope my family would know that I just want you to release all my stuff. Like put it out there. I need everyone to hear just like everything. Like fuck it. Um, it doesn't matter. Strategic yeah. speaking. So I guess I'm saying it live right now. Go listen to whatever fucking episode this is. Uh number when it comes out. Freak out, mothers of invention. Spread, spread spruce tunes to all. Hell yeah. Yeah, and that, that is interesting how, like, different families or estates, like, handle that. Because, yeah, I mean, you're, you're probably right. That's probably why Zappa, I mean, there is financial incentive, too. But I'm guessing if Zappa did not want any of it to be released after he died... I would hope his family wouldn't have. So we're just going to stay optimistic and <laughs> assume that Zappa wanted all of that music released. <laughs> we need to get a Zappa relative on the Stallions. That's what yeah. I'm yeah, absolutely. That's an interesting Which, aspect of music, dude, being related to someone. Zappa <laughs> has, it's either a son or a daughter who is very prominent in music and I got to go look that up now, too. I, I think it's a daughter, actually, the more I think about it. Zap City. Uh, yeah. Well, while Club looks that up, we're just going to continue down to. Wait, do we do? I don't even remember which one we were on, Club. <laughs> Stallions, I'm sorry. Sorry, I got sidetracked because he has four. No, you're kids, good. So I got no, we are on, which one. Yeah, go figure <laughs> that out. We are on the last one of this B side. So yes, we are going to yeah. finish it out with number 11. You are probably wondering why I'm here. Yeah. 
which yeah super swingy another like yeah like really catchy one um i think i guess one thing that this song does is it like marks the end of like a certain like vibe of the album like while all of the first 11 songs are very different they are all kind of similar in the sense that like none of them are shorter than two minutes none of them are four minutes or longer they're all in the two to three minute range or like two to three minute and 59 second range so and and they yeah like have kind of like that beachy guitar 60s especially on the b-side like the b-side uh i feel like yeah has a lot of it definitely um it's dweezil zappa found it yeah um that dweezil i don't want to get too deep into the weeds but it looks like he played with eddie van halen at a certain point anyways so (laughs) you're probably wondering why i'm here wraps up the b-side and we only we have go. three songs. Here left. we go. <laughs> so we'll just start with number 12 Trouble Every Day. And this is sitting at five minutes and 53 seconds. Yeah. And sounds completely different than every song on the first disc. It is like a country western song with like crazy harmonica. And yeah, like there's definitely some social commentary on this song, like definitely just like, I guess, taking inventory on race relations in the country at the time, Um, which, yeah, I mean, album was released in 1966, so it was a very different time in that regard. And I feel like that's pretty much the the gist of this song yeah it definitely has like i said that country feel um the way his voice is recorded into a certain mic is very interesting it sounds like kind of like on a radio coming on like a megaphone or something Mm -hmm. um and then i love just towards the end how they just like pick it up go like double time and uh, I don't know. The drums again are just teeing off for me, and that guitar still has. I don't know. I feel like it still has that tone that we were mentioning in the first half. Yeah, but it's multiple like guitar tracks, honestly. So there's a lot happening, and it also adds a harmonica to it that makes it like blues and the mainstream rock and roll at the time. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It just. Yeah. Has like that mountainy vibe to it. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, very different, like you said. And again, sit, sitting over five minutes is way different than any, anything else that we have uh, done. And so I think this was released with uh, "Who Are the Brain Police?" Yes, correct. And, yeah, so as single, so there's four altogether, I guess. So like two discs and. Yeah, unless you count the Japan one, then oh, okay, yeah. six, three discs, but 
Yeah, yeah. Trouble coming every day and who are the brain police. That was the second single release. Very nice. Well, now as we get to number 13, we head to help. I'm a rock. Eight minutes, 37 seconds. Yeah. And so this, I, I incorrectly said at the beginning that it was a 15 song album, which I said because Spotify breaks the song into two songs, but it's really a three movement suite composed of okay to tap dance in memoriam and it can't happen here um and i think i know the reason why spotify did that because it can't happen here the third movement of the suite um is the b side of the first single release which was how could i be such a fool slash it can't happen here so I'm guessing that is why Spotify broke it up into two tracks. If not, then I demand a press release from Spotify immediately explaining why they did that. Dude, this one is fucking crazy. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it starts off in, I feel like I'm in like one of the pyramid levels of mario 64 and as that continues playing 20 seconds in you start hearing something out of your right ear a guy singing and then over on your left you're going oh no and like it, it is a complete and utter vibe where yeah i mean i don't know this there's really truly nothing like this Dude, my my notes were bizarre opening sounds like fish Bizarre yeah. opening never stops. Chaotic <laughs> ending. Crazy piano. Still sounds like fish. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I mean, it makes sense because Zappa was one of Trey Anastasio, the lead singer guitarist of Fish. Zappa was one of his big influences along with Bruce and the Grateful Dead. So it totally checks out that fish's music would sound a little bit like zappa's yeah the, during the crazy part at the end i'm pretty sure there's uh some sex going on yeah that is very common in a zappa album wow 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 <laughs> and yeah so that that is the seaside just those two tracks trouble every day and then the help I'm a rock sweet. And we flip over and go to the D side of disc number two, the return of the son of monster magnet, which is described as an unfinished ballet in two to blue. Don't know what to blue means or if I'm even pronouncing that word correctly. But the two to blue are Ritual Dance of the Child Killer and Nolis Preti, No Commercial Potential. And this two song tableau is 12 minutes and 22 seconds. I mean, 
they just are screaming at the beginning. Ah, and it sounds like it. This is a crazy, crazy work of art. But guess what? It's all in tune. It's all in rhythm. And as crazy as it sounds, it's an unbelievable ballad at the end of the day. And he even says it himself that it was unfinished. And um, yeah, I and I believe it was unfinished for budgeting reasons. Like interesting, to rent, yeah, to rent the uh, the percussion instrument for a little bit longer, and they just kept it as is. That's hilarious, and it's so interesting how like things like that can come into play and i mean i mean i guess in theory that could come into play nowadays but that certainly would be much less heard of nowadays but yeah i mean that yeah the i mean this song is probably the most psychedelic song on the album i'd have to say like it's very just spacey and there's really like no direction with it (laughs) and i could easily see why this led to people calling it one of the first concept albums because this is either like right before or like right around the same time pink floyd released their first album so really not too much like psychedelic music really out there at this time we're definitely yeah we're like a year or two before grateful dead's first album and honestly their first album was not psychedelic at all so really wasn't in the until their second album when they kind of ventured into that um and yeah dude like even like sergeant peppers was released on six like in 67 yeah, I could see that drawing some inspiration from this. Totally. Cuz yeah, that that album was like a lot like I guess when it comes to the psychedelic aspects of it, the album was like a lot different than the previous Beatles albums. Yeah, and it's interesting cuz I know Zepp uh when I was like reading just about him that he will like make some of these like long pieces and then like go back and like try to finish them and like cut them up into some things. Cause he'll just like put them out at the time. But with this specific song to finish it out, apparently even though he had studio money, he just, it was untouched. And I respect that a lot. Like that's kind of how I feel sometimes with my music where I'm just like, you know what? It is what it is. Like at this time it can always be changed, I guess. Uh, like, and that's why again, I will, promote and tell everyone to go listen to fucking jam band music and just music of people that switch up their shows as much as possible because then you can just do different things with it and have that song still growing constantly yeah and i would um i'd be surprised if i guess we'd i'd had we could figure it out because zappa set lists are definitely online um but yeah, I, I know, I, I guess I would be surprised if Zappa was like not the type who would just like play whatever, any show. Yeah, and I, I totally agree. Like a artist that does that is like way, like their shows are going to be way more appealing to me just because I 
I can't look up the set list ahead of time and try to prepare for what I'm going to hear. Like I could get anything and that is part of the excitement. Yeah. There, there's an artist who I've been getting into really recently, Tyler Childers country artists been around for like 10 years. Um, but yeah, I have like one album left in his discography till I've listened to it all. And I like, you know, as I've progressed, I've get liked it more and more. And I, I looked up his set list trends like the other day and dude plays totally random set lists every night. And it made me like him like 10 times more. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, it's, to each its own, I guess. I don't know. I respect the big yeah. productions as well. That's true. Yeah, there's nothing wrong like with an artist that has like a more rehearsed approach. And sometimes you don't have a choice. Like what Taylor Swift is doing, like there is no choice <laughs> when your stage or like Muse. Like I guess Muse doesn't play the exact same set list, but they have a basic structure to it. Or like Dream Theater. I remember when we did the concert review of that like man was that only like a year and a half ago it felt like it was three years ago but <laughs> yeah like they don't have a choice because they have a video playing in the background that is synced with the music so there's no they don't have a choice <laughs> they paid all that money to have that video made and like timed explicitly like with what they're playing so you're getting the same set list and it'll still blow your mind but it is fun when the artist mixes it up and i bet zappa was one who did zappa's a freak and that's why i freak out with the exclamation point is closing out our debut album series again thank you patrick uh, for choosing this album it was unbelievable to see where again i've heard so many zappa songs over the last year from listening to that stampede shuffle and to see where it all originated from and how a nice band member fight launched Zappa's career in the music. Yeah. Yeah. It's super crazy. I mean, I think he was so talented that he would have surfaced one way or another. Really, really the biggest beneficiaries I think were, what were they? Soul train, the soul brothers, whatever they were called before they were the the mothers of invention because i don't think anyone would have ever heard of them if they did not ever get zap on board the soul giants zap daddy zap daddy indeed all right what are your top three okay so top three for me trouble every day for sure i think i gotta go with help i'm a rock i mean sounds like fish i love fish so we're gonna give that one some love and then i'm gonna say i'm gonna say go cry on someone else's shoulder those are my top three what about you i gotta go with who are the brain police yeah that one is pretty pretty silly (laughs) Then anyway, the wind blows, and then I'll yeah. do help Amarok as well. Just like that intro, <laughs> like you said, that never ends. That is the song is fucking retro, and 
Yeah, yeah, I remember. I was just like, "Wow, this is a crazy, bizarre intro." And uh, yeah, like four minutes later, I was like, "Oh, that that's not that's the, the whole thing. That's, that's just that's what we're doing." <laughs> All right, before we sign out, club, show us what album you got behind you. Um, so it is Chunga's Revenge, a Zappa album. Let me grab it. And I know it. Club has a couple Zappa albums. We do our vinyl roulettes here, which you can go look up some of those episodes. We'll have a fifth one coming out here pretty soon. Uh, But here's one of them. Yeah, so there we go. So yeah, Chunga's Revenge. Since I didn't have Freak Out, I just picked whatever would fall the closest release-wise. So this is the oldest Zappa album I have. I don't think I actually have any Mothers of Invention albums, but I mean, this still has pretty crazy artwork. Look at that. <laughs> Spooky. Yeah. Um, not a double disker, just has a gatefold. But yeah, front back. Certified Zappa. freak, seven days a week. <laughs> shout out to Zappa shout out to debut albums this was a fun series to choose um, yeah I think Tanner chose this series right from the Ice Cream Militia maybe yeah yeah, yeah. I remember there was like a few different suggestions debut albums was one I don't know maybe I shouldn't run through all the other ones because maybe we'll use them for a different one Exactly. We won't do that, but we'll let you know that the next one we will be doing is Women in Music Part 2. Yes. And we're going to close out the rest of 2023 with this el- or with these six albums that we'll be choosing. If you have any suggestions, put them in the comments. We'll be posting all over about it, but Women in Music, man, let's bring it on. Indeed. All right. Well, Shout out to Zappa. Shout out to Mothers of Invention. Shout out to debut albums. Shout out to you. My name is Bruce. I'm Clip. And this has been another episode of Vinyl Claret.